Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. And welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. Now, in this week, we're going to look at the federal budget and why it's presenting some great opportunities for those who are prepared to make some wise decision. Then we'll get into the Australian stock market so I can share with you my thoughts on where it's heading, along with answering all of your questions and, most importantly, looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, thank you for all of your emails and comments showing your support for our channel and how we are helping you. We really appreciate the feedback. You can help us, though, by hitting the subscribe button. It's something small that you can do that really helps us. So subscribe now and click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Now, also remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. Now, this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. Now, many are advocating that the government released one of the most important federal budgets last week. Although the response by some has been negative, as they are suggesting we have taken on too much debt and it's unlikely we'll see a budget surplus for quite some time. Now, while some would argue that this budget was needed to enable the economy to grow over the coming years, others are suggesting it will benefit middle and upper income earners more with the great divide between those with plenty of money and those without only widening. But is this really going to be the case? Having helped thousands of Australians to understand money, investing and indeed creating wealth for retirement, I found that the reason the divide between those who have money and those who don't is almost entirely down to how we think about money and building wealth and no budget can ever change that. Now history shows that if you had parents who were financially smart and taught you their good habits, you have a much higher chance of accumulating wealth. Others suggest that your ability to build wealth comes down to how much you earn, but this could not be further from the truth because in my experience, it all comes down to how we think or our attitude towards the money that we have. Now, in last week's report, I indicated that low, the low interest rate environment was a perfect opportunity for people to reduce their debt and take advantage of the investment opportunities that are present right now in our market. Now, while everyone can do something, even something small to better their financial position, a lot of people will decide not to take advantage of this opportunity, which is why I say it all comes down to the decisions we make. Now, in my opinion, the federal budget has only made the opportunity better for everyone, given that those who are working will receive a tax, tax cut and those who are not will be supported to find employment. 
Now, those who choose to use the personal tax cuts to reduce debt or invest will be much better off in the long run. So if you want to be one of those who moves from being the have-nots to the haves, it's as simple as making wise choices today, which will ensure your tomorrows are so much better. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, in a surprisingly strong week in the Australian market, energy was the best performer up 9%, whilst information technology, that was up 7.78%. Financials, well, that was up 7.5%, followed by materials up 5.25%. Now, the worst performing sectors included utilities up 2.02%, whilst communication services, that was up 3.03%, and consumer staples, that was up 3.74%. And if we look at the ASX top 100 performers, they included Simic Group, which was up 20.42% jumping over 9% last Friday alone after releasing their market outlook. Now, whilst their profit was down due to COVID-19, the outlook was actually positive for the company. Now, Virgin Money was also up 20% after announcing it would reduce its workforce by 400 jobs in the UK and speed up its integration with CYB Bank or Clydesdale Yorkshire Bank. Now, other top performers included Northern Star Resources and Dana EDI, and they were up 15.58% 15.42% respectively, with oil search not far behind, up 14.68%. Now, the worst performers last week included Transurban Group, that was down 0.92%. Newcrest Mining was down 0.1%, with Whitehaven, Coal, Telstra and AGL Energy all even for the week. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500. All Lord News Index update for this week. We'll also answer your most burning questions and look at the stocks that you've chosen for me. Well, as I mentioned, last week was a little bit of a surprising week with a, such a strong week on our market. I think it was the strongest week that we've had on the Australian stock market since May. And so it's a long time since we've had such a strong week as, as we did last week. And it was a little bit surprising to me. Maybe we might make some sense out of that when we actually go through some of our questions for today. But let's first go and have a look at the charts to actually see what's going on and what actually happened and what I think the market will do in not only this week but in the weeks moving forward. So let's get onto the chart. On the screen now you can see a weekly chart. It's my normal weekly chart that we've got here. Now interestingly when I uh, when you look at this obviously I've measured the range from the high that we had or the all-time high back in February to the COVID low and this is a weekly bar chart. And half of that distance is 6859, which is where, uh, and you see most of the trading over the last, um, well, basically since June has happened between there and that the next level of 6,200 points. This is why I was quite often saying, you know, this sort of level at 6,200 points level to, you know, to the 6,000 point level is quite strong for the market here. And we can see here on this weekly chart that only one, two, three times has it ever closed um, well, since the COVID low, it has has closed above that 6,196 points outside of last week. So that's a significant point that it's closed high. If the market had closed lower somewhere down where my pointer is, then it would strongly suggest to me that, that this week would actually be trading down and the market would trade down to maybe down to that 5,400 points that I've been talking a little bit about, which is on some of the other charts that I've talked about, whether it's on our live show or on this Monday market report that I do every week. So hugely strong bar. And, and this is the really one that's sort of a little bit confusing to me. Well, well, not confusing to me, confusing to others why it was so strong. I mean, obviously, President Trump catching COVID caused a little blip 
um, on our market the prior week. We were down earlier in the week. Um, we were down the prior week because of that. But during the week, it was coming out that uh, he was better off. Uh, he was going to get out of hospital, all those sorts of things. So why is it so strong on our market because of that? Are we expecting a stimulus package in the US? Are we expecting the US market to rise? Or is there something else? Now, that stuff we'll talk about um, a little bit more when we get into the, to the questions because I know we've got some good questions coming up. To me, there's a couple of important things for this week. I know I did say that I thought the market would rise for one to two weeks before falling away. There's one week, this is two weeks. So we're still consistent with what I was talking about a few weeks back, saying the market could rise for one or two weeks and then move down into the low that I was expecting. Okay. The other alternative is this is the low of five now five thousand nine hundred and fifty one. Sorry, five thousand nine hundred and fifty one point three points. It is possible. It's earlier than what I expected, but it is possible. Uh, and really, where we are right now, this is this week is sort of like the hump week at this point in time. If that makes sense, is it's that it could be the seesaw that's a little of a gasp up to get some growth and then it falls over into mid to late October. So that's possible and this week will tell us that. So, and I think we should know by Wednesday, possibly Thursday, if we're getting weakness into Wednesday and Thursday of this week, then it's highly likely, and if we start seeing a down move and the move sees the market trading down around or below 6,000 points or down below these sorts of levels, then it will be going down into its low over the next two to four weeks, roughly maybe two to three weeks more so uh, would be accurate. If we start seeing the move through this high this week, this is the other alternative. If we set that 6,000, if I put it back on there, 6,369.9 points, if the market moves through that and stays above that, over the course of the next three, four days, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then I would suggest um, a move up into Christmas. I think the next move is going to be up for the next six to eight weeks from that point of view. But this is the thing what I talk about with traders and all the people that I mentor and the traders that I mentor is, is you never have a fixed view. You always need to look at what's actually there and make decisions based on that. And all too often I find people trading the market, they speculate rather than or speculate or make decisions on speculation rather than confirmation. Now, whilst we have our preferred theory, mean, meaning I still think the market is likely to go down, but I'm prepared to change that. Um, all too often people think, well, no, the market's going to do this, so that's what I'm going to do, whereas it's, that's speculation. Always make sure you're confirming things. So whilst the market was up strongly last week, it will confirm it's going to continue to go up if it breaks that high from August. That's what I was showing you on the chart. If it doesn't break that high this week and finds weakness, then it's not going to, and it starts to fall away and get below that 6,000 points. Then it's starting to confirm to me that it will move down over the next two to three weeks, maybe um, into the low into October. Now, either is possible. It just depends on which one it is. And when we figure out which one it is, then we can make some decisions. Now, some people will go, well, hey, if I wait for it to move past that previous high in August, I've missed some money off the bottom. Uh, and that's a less of a sin than getting into a stock and seeing it fall away after you, buy it, after you buy it. And what I mean by that is all too often I see people jump really early thinking they're going to, the fear of missing out of that coming off the bottom. So they bottom pick uh, and sometimes they will catch falling knives. And generally when you catch falling knives, you lose more. So for example, if I don't make 10%, I just don't make 10%. And my money's not at risk not making that 10%. My money's sitting in the bank account or wherever it is. But if I get into a stock and it falls by 10%, then the remaining capital has to rise by 11% 
just to break even and my money's at risk. Now, if it falls by 10%, it's possible it could fall even further. But it's less of a sin to not be in the market than it is to be in the market and watching your money fall away. That's really what I'm saying. But that's my take at the moment. As I said, you know, if we do start seeing a good strong week this week, gets above that high of uh, August and it stays up there and we get a close by the end of the week up around there on Friday, then that would augur to me that would be nice move right up through to Christmas, probably into January, February-ish before we start finding the next peak now. But if it does exhibit weakness from Wednesday on and maybe start closing lower Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or Thursday and Friday and it closes low below 6,000 points, then the opposite is very, very much possible. So that's it for that. But let's get into my all the questions that you've asked me for this week. Now, the first question we have today is from King, who says, Hi, Dale and team. Thanks again for your videos and efforts. I, I learn something every time I listen. I'd like to get your thoughts on Sonic Healthcare, or SHL. I bought back in at $32 as it went up past its February high and have a stop loss now at that point, wondering if it's strong enough to continue its uptrend as the volumes could be softening a little bit. Cheers, King. So let's go and have a look at Sonic Healthcare for King. Now on your screen, left-hand side of the screen is a monthly chart. Right-hand side of the screen is a weekly chart as normal. Now he bought, he said he bought in roughly around that $32 mark. So I'm not sure whether he bought it through here or through here, but at this point in time, he's looking all right. I do like it. Um, I'm not sure why you've put a stop loss where you've put it, but that's your choice. Um, right now, this thing looks fine. It really does look fine. I do like Sonic Healthcare. It looks pretty good from a point of view of a medium to longer term look. If we go and look at it, this is a real steady performer. So if you can see that, it's not one, it's whilst it's a good, it does rise quite nicely. You can see here it's a nice steady stock when it rises. It Obviously we had got hit during the COVID low, but it's doing quite well. A little bit more vertical, so I would have expected it to slow down a little bit, which it has done last month. But it's looking quite nice. It's got its highest close so far. Um, uh, in terms of last month, it was highest close ever by the looks of this. Um, and it's looking quite nice this month so far. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. It, it really is will depend on what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. But because this could be a little bit of a sucker's rally, you can see there was weakness there on that weekly chart. So just be a little bit careful. You're already in it. So it's not an issue here. We close lower here. Weakness here, weakness here. So if we get next week, this, it could tip over this week if we do get a down bar this week. If you're not in it, then I would sit out just for a little bit just to see what happens with the market. If we do get one week down, then it could turn and go up again. It might present a really nice buying opportunity for others that aren't in at this point in time. But again, I do like your stop loss. Oh, sorry, whilst I don't know how, why you set your stop loss where it is, I don't mind it where it is. I think it's okay. I think it's a little too tight. But that's okay. That's your choice. But really good stock. Good question. And I'm glad you're in the stock and uh, you know, stay with it. Because whilst I'm thinking the market is a little bit more bearish, and, and I have been saying the market will probably go to its low mid to late October, it doesn't mean stocks aren't going to go up. But So it's good you've got into this stock and you've held it at this point in time. So, you know, to me, that sign of somebody is a little bit more maturity, if that makes sense, in the, in the decision making. You're not just making a knee jerk reaction, which is fantastic. Now, we've got another great question from from Demos Viking, who says, Hi, Dale, is this a short squeeze? The market went to the moon today and was slightly down on Friday. Now, what he meant was this is, I think this one was from about a week or about a week ago. 
Um, and he was talking about how the, our market went down on Friday, uh, the prior Friday when we found out about Trump getting COVID and then you know the market just went up last week. Um, and he's saying, well, is that a short squeeze? And what a short squeeze is, if there are a lot of people thinking a stock or a market is going down in price, what they do is they actually go into shorting positions. Or, uh, and you've heard, you may have heard of hedge funds, those sorts of things. They take shorting positions. So what they do is if you, let's say, for example, it's a BHP, you short BHP by selling the stock first. You borrow it from somebody, you sell it, and then eventually you buy it back at a lower price if you've got it right. And then you give the person you borrowed this BHP shares from, you give them back those shares. Now, I'm not going to get into how it all happens because that's something that you can go and research yourself. But if a lot of people think the market's falling away, there'll be a lot of shorting positions happening. Now, if there's a lot of shorting positions happening and the market starts to rise, what happens is, is people to short the market have to put a margin up. So they've got to put money into a bank account with the broker or put money up with the broker. So in case the position goes against them, and therefore, as the market's rising or the stock's rising, their margin's being eaten up by the by the stock or the market rising. And, and eventually what they'll do is they'll say, I need to get out. Now, to get out of that position so they stop losing money, they have to buy the share to give it back. So that's what a short squeeze is. The more they buy, the more it pushes the market up. And then that's called a short squeeze because a lot of the people that are shorting can't get out fast enough. And so they have to keep bidding, getting at higher prices to get out, and it's like a little bit of a snowball effect that happens over a very short period of time, generally only over a few days. So is it possible we've just seen a short squeeze last week with the market rising as strong as it did? And again, it was the strongest rise we've had since May. So yes, that's possible. So I think that's fantastic that you've thought about that. I think it's smart and smart thinking that is this a sucker's rally? Yes, it could be a sucker's rally where people see it strongly bullish, and then they go jump into these stocks uh, coming off their lows thinking they're getting a good buy, but they could be catching a falling life that may be just moving up for a week because of the short selling and then start to tumble over again. That's why I think this is that hump week in the, that middle of the thing saying, well, is it going up or is it going down? Now, as I said a little bit earlier, it could be going up the market or it could be going down, but we'll know that this week, depending on where the market closes, we'll know exactly which direction it's going with high probability. So yes, it could be a short squeeze. I'm not thinking it necessarily is, not necessarily because of five days our market was good. If if the, our market closed lower on last Friday and showed a bit of weakness on Friday, it'd probably be a little bit more leaning towards a short, short squeeze, but I'm not 100% sure. This should could be just more retail investors jumping in on what they think is good news, just pushing the market higher a little bit. So it gets down to volumes on shares and a few other different things to determine that. But as I said, really good thinking and thank you for bringing that up. It really was appreciated that uh, you're thinking that way. So uh, very intelligent thinking. But next, uh, we do have a question from Shane um, and he says, my current concern with investing and trading is capital gains tax and trading fees. Now, I only put money um, into the market. I do not need short term, which is fantastic. So that's good that you're doing that. So if you don't need the money short term, I would suggest probably a little bit longer. Um, He says, I earn a decent wage. How do you balance capital gains tax and trading fees versus investing and holding for at least 12 months? Um, You have already covered my ASX tech stock BTH, by the way. Happy investing. That's a really long question and sometimes when people ask me questions and they send through emails and they ask me a question, 
whether it's from reading my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds, which is um, this book. If you haven't seen that book, you can get it. You can get it online on our website. We give it to you for free. You just pay shipping. So just get there if you're not sure. Just give us a call. But people send me emails from my book and ask me different questions. And sometimes the question is so much longer than even the book because it requires you to have a lot more knowledge and understanding. Do I ever worry about capital gains tax and brokerage fees or trading fees? No, never do. Never, ever do. Because if I'm doing what I'm doing well, then they're relevant. Now, in Australia, we have capital gains tax if you buy and sell a share. Now, if you hold them over 12 months, then you get a 50% discount on the capital gains tax. It's just planning out what you're doing with your portfolio. If you want to trade short term all the time and you want to trade in you know, three, six months or even less, uh, then you're going to pay capital gains tax. And if, if brokerage and capital gains tax is eating up your trading, that's a big sign that you're actually doing it wrong. And, and I'm not trying to be rude to you, that just means you're doing it wrong. Uh, because you should be able to pick shares that give you the good good growth and the good gains that are not eating up your fees. And, and to me, all too often we uh, people focus on the wrong things, the more negative things. My job is to give my accountant the biggest headache I possibly can. Because the more things that he has to sort out in terms of tax and et cetera, et cetera, then that means I've made far more money. Um, and again, I'd be happy to pay the tax man a million dollars um, in tax simply because how much does that mean I've made and that's really the issue and I don't really complain about the tax it's my job to legally minimize my tax and my accountant's job to show me how to do that and share with me strategies around all of that it's not my my job is to make as much money as I possibly can and if you're paying as I said if you're paying a lot of tax then you, you're probably doing really really well now we have an interesting question from Job, uh, job, sorry, Job George. He says, hey there, big fan. I'd love it if you could break down the potential winners and losers of the budget in terms of stock. Now, I understand the government wishes to focus on manufacturing, specifically medical, defence and infrastructure, etc. Therefore, do you think stocks like Ansel EOS, uh, which is in defence, or Borough look prime to benefit? Furthermore, I was hoping that maybe you could assist by looking into some renewable energy stocks and ETFs in Australia or the world considering recent federal government funding of hydrogen as a source of green energy. Um, really good question, and, and I really do appreciate the question, but I'm not going to get into all of that. I'm a technical analyst. Basically, that's what I do. Yes, I look at the fundamentals, and I do read around these sorts of areas, but I'm not going to bring up the whole um, section of the you know, medical sector, or I'm not going to bring up the alternative energy type of sector and pull out stocks and then discuss them with you. That's what you need to do for yourself. You're, you're responsible for your portfolio. Follow, and there are many, many publications out there by some really smart people that talk about specifically about um, those sorts of sectors. So please go and have a look at that. I'm going to have a look at Ansel for you. I'm going to bring up a chart. Uh, you know, this is YouTube. I'm just all I'm doing is bringing up charts and having a little bit of a look at specific stocks for people and answering some basic questions. You know, if you really do want to get into that. There, as I said, there's plenty of um, information out there on those areas that you can pull it apart, pull the budget apart, pull all the medical area or the other areas that yourself apart. But let's go and have a look at Ansel, if I can just get this thing off my screen that I did the wrong thing. So Ansel, I love Ansel. It's a great stock and it, it did take off 
uh, with COVID because a lot of people after the COVID low thought, well, hey, we need to have a lot of rubber rubber gloves, et cetera, et cetera, because of the pandemic. So you can see that big move out of the COVID low back there in early April. You can see a range of $6 on a stock that opened at $25. So that's massive, massive move, nearly around 25% move just in one week because of that. And it's continued on and, and that's for the very reason why. So whether the government's supporting this area or not is, is really relevant. It's the need for the products that Ansel is actually providing. And obviously, Ansel has products that the medical industry need um, and are using consistently at this point in time. And generally, wherever they're selling it, they are very, very busy. So do I like Ansel at the moment? Absolutely. I think it's really, really nice. I think last week really looked good. It's had that big move down over there over a few weeks. If I just expand that out, you'll see that. So a bit of an bearishness through here but it's looking quite all right again this week will tell us whether this is just a bit of a, a move against the downward trend and it comes down a little bit more it may do that um, it, if it closes low this week and it's inside or down or goes below that low of 36.88 I would suspect it's going to come right down to 32.33 then find some support and go again but right now it is a good looking stock if you own it great um, hang on to it and make sure you set a stop loss if you don't own it just i think just wait after this week to see what happens and uh, if it's still really bullish after this week then you might want to take a position of it but thank you for the question it really was a nice question a good question um, but the answer is not necessarily what i do here but the next question is from mike who says hi dale could you have a look at coca-cola amatol please Absolutely, I'll have a look at Coca-Cola Amatol. I actually, another one of these stocks that I do like, Coke, it's a lot more volatile. So when you look at this, if you look on the left-hand side, you can see a lot of large swings on this. So this is more of a trading stock, not a buy and hold stock. And I'll show you that. And a lot of people get these confused. You look at this, if I just scroll this back, um, it does have periods where it runs really fast. But look at this, if I keep going back, you could have bought it back in the early 90s and still be at the same price. That's what I mean. But if you bought it somewhere in 2000, you would have made some good money right through to 2013. But depending on where you buy it, your overall return would be good or pretty poor. Obviously, if we're looking here, since 2014, it really hasn't done too much. Now, Coke's made pretty much anything in a bottle is, comes out of Coke because of their distribution network, you know, with water, whatever it is, um, juices, uh, and obviously it's Coke products. But right now it is looking good. A lot of strong support around that $8 mark. And you can see here, if I put my cool little tool here, sort of most of its pricing is moves in that sort of area. There's, that's 33% between the bottom area and the top area. So if you get in nicely, you can pick up some good profits on this. And remember, this is a monthly chart. So if we go to the weekly chart, there's some really nice moves. If you can pick it up off the bottom somewhere with some good solid rules, um, right now it looks good. I do really like it. It looks really, really nice. I think there's more upside to go. It probably could get up to around 10 odd dollars, maybe a little bit more. Um, but from that point, I think it's really quite nice. But I'm uh, sorry, it is at $10 something. I was reading the wrong thing there. Uh, where could it go? Where's my little tool here? And I'll just whack that on. I'll just share with you roughly where I think it might be able to go. I'd say maybe up to $10.50, could even get up to that $11 mark. I'd say I'd be looking for weakness around $10.50. Currently, it's closed last Friday on at $10. So that's not a big, not expecting a much of a huge big move at this point in time. But hey, it could be there. More people are drinking Coke because they're at home a little bit more rather than being at work in an office building. But 
Hey, it does look good to me right at this point in time, but thank you for sending your questions in. I really do appreciate everybody. And thanks uh, for the positive feedback again. Now, some of you who ask questions are not subscribed to our channel. Now, I've answered your questions. Now, you have to subscribe, and I think that's only fair. Now, if you do have any questions that you'd like me to answer, just stick them below and remember to subscribe first. Now, I always give preference to people who do subscribe first, but I did um, bend that a little bit this week for those people. Now, last week, I asked you to tell me about your stock pick for the last or for the last quarter of this year, and we've got some great stocks that people put down in the comments from last week's video, but the one I like most was Wally Parsons or Wally, and that was suggested by Andrew. So well done, Andrew, it's great stock. I really love it at this point in time. I know Janine and I, I think talked about it in the, in the stocks, the hot stocks to buy um, for the last half, last quarter of 2020 on our live show. Now we did two live shows where we did five stocks, um, one show and another five stocks, the second show. Now, interestingly, the second show's got more views at this point in time. So if you've only watched the second one and not the first one, you're missing out on five stocks that Janine and I were talking about so go back and watch that one but now it's time again for me to ask you another question and the question I've got is what's the best piece of financial advice that have you ever received so what's the best piece of financial advice that you've ever received so put your answers down below and I will talk about it in next week's video. I'll bring it all up. Remember that here on this channel, we do these uh, reports Monday or Monday market reports every single week. And we also do our live stream every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern time. I'm Dale Gillam. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.